we are joined by a little guest today. What little guest is that? Well, he's not so little. He's a pretty large glass of Louis Jadot. Ah, what what is Louis Jadot? Well, Louis Jadot is a, a line of French wines, and this one is a Chardonnay. And I don't really know why it was in my fridge, but it was, and I'm happily drinking it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it was originally bought for cooking, but it's very good. If you want to find a reliable bottle of wine, I'd say Louis is a good place to look. Not too expensive either, usually under 25 Okay, uh, that's good for wine, right? Reasonable, that's reasonable. Yes. I would say so. Um, you can get, I think, some of the shards and stuff are maybe like 13 or 15, something like that. I think they're in the teens. So yeah, if you need to bring a bottle of wine to your holiday gatherings, <laughs> there's your wine advice for the show. <laughs> something nobody asked for. The Comrade Sommelier, like... <laughs> column give me that job in the commune that sounds chill as hell yeah everybody wants to be the commune sommelier (laughs) no one wants to clean the sewers i'd be pretty bad at it i'm not good at playing like tasting notes really i can do like i guess what's called top note flavors just like you know the main flavor that it is this is green apple this (laughs) Mm -hmm. is honey yeah yeah but i can't do any of the other ones i'm just like i don't know tasty (laughs) (laughs) I'm honestly the same way. I like someone else to tell me them because then I can be like, oh, yeah, I do taste that. But <laughs> Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> I don't. I will not taste them on my own. No, no. I try to play sometimes because listeners, my husband is a very big whiskey fan. Playing whiskey or whatever is sort of the same principle of like hypnosis or something. It's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm intentionally making myself more susceptible to someone else's suggestions. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, like. There's those studies or whatever where they do the blind taste test of like shitty wines and like trick everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think there is an element of bullshit in it for sure. I think there is an element of craft, obviously. I'm not saying that like it's all the same. No, because you see like the TikTok videos of that like Italian guy who like tastes the different wines and she's like, oh, she tries to trick him by making, you know, putting all these straws in different know different straws but they all go to the same Mm. glass and he's like trying to discern what country they come from but he's like wait these are all Italian you know like if you're actually good like yeah you can totally determine but I'm not so for me it's just like I want to go along for whatever ride you know the person (laughs) tells me yeah I'm very much the same way I don't have an advanced palate yeah (laughs) Uh, so what's going on in the world lately we're gonna release this on thanksgiving i guess oh we are so yeah if you're hiding from your family or whatever and listening to a podcast instead hello <laughs> yeah the commune i feel like is one of the few political entities that could one day you know like the the futuristic you know commie sci-fi future is one of the few environments in which you could bring to bear the resources you would need uh, to build like the brain computer interface embedded in your head the little chip the link that would let you literally like listen to podcasts and watch movies and shit and like effectively (laughs) glaze over while you're at the table with your relatives and all that and no one would know you know and you could program little like reminders and stuff like oh Uncle Bill just said something racist, like, you know, 
<laughs> nod or something. <laughs> you could kick you, him out of the commune. <laughs> yeah, well, you could just program in little things to dissociate and you know let you dissociate while you <laughs> are ostensibly there because you're still gonna oh. have. That's the other thing. You're still gonna have bad relatives or whatever in the commune. Yeah, yeah, you unfortunately. are. Unfortunately, just you know, the future to fight for is at least I'll get to glaze over. You know, when things are annoying. <laughs> Yeah, and it won't be a chip in my head controlled by insane capitalist techno bros who want to sell me shit and steal all my thoughts so they can sell me more shit. There's that. It would be, yeah, actually independent and private and everything. I saw this story in, I think it was in the Times. They were basically, I mean, the Times was essentially just doling out an L to the federal government they were just saying like you guys suck uh this is embarrassing okay. they because the story was that um that you know oh the biden administration they want to be critical of elon musk for he mm. said something or endorsed something anti-semitic on twitter somebody said something really not like israel is a bad country but someone said mm-hmm. something like like actually conspiratorial anti-semitic. anti-semitic yeah okay okay i mean color me so shocked right now wow like, gasping <laughs> And he said something like, this is totally 100% true or I don't know, something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the White House was like, atrocious comment. You know, this is horrible behavior, blah, 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 right? Weird that the White House is commenting on that, but okay. Well, the article was like making fun of them like, okay, so you said that uh, you're completely dependent on this guy. To get you into space, to launch any mm-hmm. of your satellites, like he's the you you give this guy so much millions money, millions of dollars in contracts, and he's like the only game in town. So you can say whatever you want, but you're you're <laughs> addicted basically or entrapped by him. <laughs> yeah, you're still fucking paying for him. That's insane. Didn't his uh another rocket blew up? Right, I heard that on the news. Well, I thought they launched it. It blew up. It wasn't good. I heard, this was on NPR the other day, uh, my husband dragged me out of the house to go on a walk. It was, it was good. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I have a, another human to take care of me, because I forget to do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah the, uh, a rocket was launched, but there was an explosion that stopped it from being launched, maybe? Like, it sounded like it got interrupted via explosions. Uh, Give it a SpaceX Starship launch failed minutes after reaching space. Oh, so they got to space, then exploded? The uncrewed spacecraft Starship developed to carry astronauts to the moon and beyond. Didn't quite reach that benchmark. It failed in space <laughs> shortly after liftoff on Saturday, cutting short its second test, but making it further than an earlier attempt that ended in an explosion. <laughs> and maybe that's what they're referencing. Okay, so no explosion that time. How did it fail then? Did it just fucking fall back down? Let's see. Blast it off. Good. Check. Important step. Its first stage booster, though it achieved a crucial maneuver to separate with its core starship stage, exploded over the Gulf mm, of Mexico shortly is. after detaching. The we core found it. starship <laughs> stage boosted further towards space, but a few minutes later, a company broadcaster said that Mission Control suddenly lost contact with it. An explosion that suggested the vehicle failed at that time. Okay, so maybe it exploded. Maybe it didn't. They lost contact, but... <laughs> Cool, cool. It didn't work correctly. I like how far buried that was in the article. Someone someone paid for that placement. It was Reuters, so they had to shell out a couple of thousand dollars. <laughs> Can you guys just like kind of de-emphasize the explosion part? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I just saw that initially that they launched stuff. I didn't follow it because I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I don't either. What was the name? Star Starship? Starship, yeah. Pretty boring. Man, that's really generic. Yeah. It's generic, but also like too cool for him to use, you know? Like, tr- stop trying to be fucking Star Trek. Like, that, that ain't you. Yeah. Because, like, that's what you call, like, Starship Enterprise or mm-hmm. whatever. No, not cool. Uh, not cool. But yeah, when we, you know, when we have our own version of things, and it's not like scientists are going to quit. They just, fuck it. I'm not doing any more science now that we're doing science. communism, you know? No, like, humans are still going to want to discover new shit and work together to solve problems and all the cool stuff that you do. It's going to be great because they're going to be freed from the shackles of like, yeah, but does this make the board of directors money? Mm-hmm. They'll actually have the resources they need to do things. I mean, admittedly, like early on, depending on the kind of revolution that happens or whatever, you know, resources might be more dedicated to like, oh, like we got to take care of people. And like, you know, we had a lot of injuries in the battle and shit like that. You know, maybe maybe that is more important for a while, getting productive forces up. But yeah, I mean, I'd be on the side of getting that shit up as soon as possible, because as we know space travel and just all science in general leads to like more discoveries of other things too. So yeah. Brave new frontiers that uh, are actually good frontiers to explore and everything instead of like colonizing or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Frontiers of science, the good ones, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the only kind of frontiers I want to conquer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what have you been up to? You're off this week? Yeah. You little butt. It's good. It's great. A full week. And then and then we just have three more weeks till our winter break. Wow. So Interesting. And then, like, you get the same classes again, but, like, start at the beginning. <laughs> right? Yeah, the way Is it works, it's a strange. Restart? It's kind of a strange high school situation. Yeah, maybe yours does this if you're one of our teen listeners. Hi, teens. (laughs) My, the high school I teach at, switch, like you switch students and everything at the semester. It's like a semester thing, like a college thing almost. Uh huh. Yeah. You see, so you see this, you do the same class, same classes every day for like 90 minute blocks, basically. Not quite, but you know, about that. And, and yeah, so you're done with the semester at, you're done with the whole school year. The course. Yeah. The course. Yeah. There you go. Um, at semester, and there you go. You boom. Sick. Yeah. So hopefully less work for you because you've already got it prepped. Ideally, but I'll have a new, <laughs> I'll have a new prep because I'll have AP World too. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Change about fucking. Oh, you said they start modern now, so I was gonna say Sumerian shit, but they won't get Sumerian no, shit. Oh yeah. So regular world still covers all that, but AP does not. So I'll have to cut out a bunch of st- stuff and then be like, okay, well I'm going to go into detail, I guess more with this stuff. And I also have to teach yeah. them like how to write more and stuff. Cause they have to do the test, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I, uh, read a little bit of, uh, Marx's capital today. Oh, how'd that go? Well, I was, uh, it, it was good. It's, it's, it was funny. The little excerpt that I read, that stuck with me. Let me pull it up real quick. So this reminded me of how snarky Marx could be. Communism is paid with petty bitches, and he's one of them. Oh, yeah. You know, in the same vein, <laughs> Lenin also 
totally mm-hmm. petty Lenny. He's talking about political economy or whatever. Um, and he says, uh, free scientific inquiry meets not merely the same enemies as in all other domains. The peculiar nature of the materials it deals with summons as foes into the battlefield the most violent, mean, and malignant passions of the human breast, the furies of private interest. The English established church, for example, will more readily pardon an attack on 38 of its 39 articles than on one thirty-ninth of its income. Nowadays, atheism (laughs) is a venial sin as compared with criticism of existing property relations. Oh, oh, okay, that's juicy. Okay, the first part, I felt like... You know that meme of the three cats that look confused? The the huh and the bwuh brothers? Yeah, it was just, he was just sort of saying, you know, when you talk about this shit, people really come at you, is what he was saying. Yes. <laughs> I got the second part of like, so for you non-Catholics out there, venial sin is like, that's the shit you can get forgiven really easily. Yeah. It's like, oh, I told a little lie, or yeah. I, you know. I stole a candy bar from my brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mortal sins are the ones that's like, that's a one-way ticket to hell. You know, so murder, that's a big one. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's one they don't like. Yeah. You know, things like, unforgivable. But, like, actually forgivable. But if you if you die with them on your conscience, yeah. you're fucked. You have to go to confession and get that shit wiped Scrubbed off. Scrubbed You got to get your car, the, the car detailed. The car being, like, your soul. <laughs> you got to get that fixed. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, don't get the sacraments mixed up and go to communion while you have a big sin, because that's like a double sin. So yeah. you can really fuck yourself over here you if you don't charges. do the proper yeah. order of operations. You have to confess for that one, too, or it doesn't get scrubbed out. You know, it's mm-hmm. very, it's a la carte. Like, they only take care of what you confess to. Yeah, it's like a weird, uh, overly complicated quest. Like, no, no, no. First, you got to go get this amulet. <laughs> then you have to solve a riddle. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what he's saying is that the church would rather you be an atheist than complain about where it gets its income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, he just, you know, Ugh. always uh, dropping bombs. That guy was catty. I love it. More like Carl Meowks. <laughs> Ooh. Not great. Not great. <laughs> that was a stretch. I tried. Okay, what well, about Claw Marks? It's unclear who you're talking about with that. Okay, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> like claw roll? That's still I mean, unwieldy. It's like a, a what's it called? An anagram. Is that an anagram? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, when you, when you do the flippy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have some religious feelings to talk through. Ooh, let's do it. What do you got? Okay. I mean, this is not really on topic. Guys, we're not very focused, okay? This is called <laughs> shooting the best. shit for a reason. It, it is what it says on the tin. <laughs> okay. So I read a little bit about some Pope stuff, and I had conflicting feelings. Okay. I mean, long story short, short Pope did some cool things recently. Um, one, he <laughs> not, not, kicked out. <laughs> not, in, not according to some East Texans. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. He kicked out a guy from our fucking neck of the woods. A, a bishop from Tyler. The bishop of Tyler. The bishop of Tyler, yes. He was super anti-vax. He was, like, talking shit about the Pope, which was probably the real reason he got kicked out, was that, like, he was 
like questioning yeah. the Pope's authority in general. Like you can't do that to the Pope. He's the capo de capo. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't be talking shit about the boss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like bad strategy. He was also like very bigoted towards the queer community or whatever. And Pope takes him out. Right. I hear about this from our mother and she's like, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> I mean, she was like very positive, but like, yeah, this guy was a real asshole. Like it was funny. <laughs> and we were talking about that. And then I also saw this interview of the Pope talking with this group of uh, like Latina kids. Uh, I mean, they're like young people. I don't know their ages, but somewhere between teenager and young adulthood somewhere. And there's this person there, like, asking him, like, do you know what being non-binary is? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, whoa, the Pope knows that. Like, that's crazy. And, like, they're having this conversation about it. And, like, he was being, like, very cool. He's like, yeah, like, who am I to judge? Like, God welcomes everyone. Like, we can't not welcome people into the church and blah, blah, blah. And, like, apparently he also said that trans people can now be baptized and serve as godparents. So, like, major major shift in the way the church is like relating to queer people yeah on the one hand i'm like well this is good because it's like a great starting point for a lot of people who have like religious and and particularly catholic people in their lives who do look to him as you know the guy laying down the law and and now they can be like there can be a sense of relief of like, oh, cool, my kid's not going to hell. I love that, <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah, so you're saying there can be more acceptance from the religious people of anyone who doesn't fit the binary or anything like that, right? Like, Because they'll be like, oh, it's not so bad. The Pope said it was fine. Exactly, like it helps to kind of like normalize those conversations it helps to kind of like having have a starting place like hey if the pope fucking knows what this is like i better get on board you know (laughs) (laughs) google what is trans what is yeah (laughs) and so like on one hand i'm like okay that's cool and like i am glad that that option is available for people who want it and on the other hand i'm like still I don't know. I have like a lot of religious trauma, TBH. I have regular nightmares about the devil and going to hell. So that's like not normal for a brain to do, I think. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because it's fucked up. And <laughs> that's my defense mechanism. Hello, everybody. And yeah, I guess I just feel I still feel very like conflicted about it. Of like, well, that's cool. But you guys also like do fucked up shit on the reg and like are corrupt and you know, you've heard a lot of people and not to mention like colonialism, you know what I mean? Like it's not going <laughs> to fix everything. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, I'm not going to pretend you guys are like the good guys now. No, I'm glad you're doing this because of like, it paves the way forward. But at the same time, I'm like, I have a very hard time forgiving all that shit, like on a personal and systemic level. On a systemic level, I would say that the Catholic church in particular, and this is leaving aside all lots of other, you know, organized religions and their own misdeeds. But just to talk about the one at hand, they could make things right by just following scripture, I guess, and selling all of their possessions and giving it to the poor. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's easier for a rich man, all that stuff. I mean, like they could just, they could take a vow of poverty and live that way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And like a lot has been written about this Pope and how he is like more down to earth in that sense, like less materialistic. He's a Jesuit, right? And those guys are like more intense. The Jesuits, yeah, they're that order 
them and like the Franciscans, I think, are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like vow poverty for realsies. Well, the Jesuits are a little more academic than that. I don't think they're so much on the poverty, but like they are really strict and uh, sort of intellectual. I mean, they, they, they know their shit, so they're not just like out there saying, I don't know, it says this, I guess, but I'm just a church hack, you know. I, I read a sci-fi book about a group of Jesuits, the Sparrow, and I actually really vibed with their stuff. I mean, like, you know, again, still have a lot of reservations about it. But <laughs> in general, if you're going to do one, like their whole idea was like, be the best at what you can be and like do that in, in service kind of thing. Yeah. And so like you have just this like kind of, it's almost like a guild of craftspeople, um, very devoted to what they do. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they were, they were very learned in terms of, I mean, part of their idea, I think was the pursuit of knowledge and understanding of God's domain, sort of, you know, almost sort of a support of science, basically in that sense of like understanding God's creation and its dimensions and stuff. But no, I, I don't know. I, I guess I get that. Like, you know, you can't just wipe the slate clean. I mean, you can in certain ways that they're not going to, uh, but uh, I would, <laughs> I would say that the rest of us or people who aren't dealing with religious trauma or whatever, the way that we have existential nightmare sort of dreams and things is we just, Die and nothing happens. That's the scary Shut part, up. you know. Yeah, so we're just Shut like, up! I don't want to think about it. It's like, oh shit! Like, now I, <laughs> we had this thing, and like, I, I you know, this, I had this dream, you know, or whatever. I died, and I was scared because I was dying, and you know, then you're like thinking about being a mortal, like a mortal person, and mm-hmm. you're just like in that intense fear of like, I'm about to. <sighs> it's that's the shit that fucks me up. Here's a fucked up thing: is I got both. <laughs> because i have the i have the fear of what if they're right and i'm going to hell and i have the fear of like what if i'm right and i'm going to be worm food (laughs) see i don't have a fear man i'm I'm gonna be pissed off if i go to hell i ain't gonna be uh, i will be afraid they'll make me afraid but um, part of me is gonna Mm, be kind of their job part of me is gonna be just mad because honestly like this guy sold himself as this like Oh, all powerful fella and all this and worthy of praise and all that or another. And he still <laughs> lets people get condemned to all eternity without a way out. Yeah, that's the fucked up part. There's not a probation program in hell. So, I mean, yeah, if, if that ends up being the case, well, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be like, this sucks. This, we should try to get this guy out of here. Like this, this is crap. If the devil organize the souls in hell, yeah, if the devil's forming an army to try again and retake the, you know, I'm joining up like. If that ends up being the case, I, I firmly believe that it doesn't like, uh, you know, and, and, you know, in, in my own, you know, weird heterodox sort of Christianity <laughs> view, God doesn't fool around with any of that shit. Like, you know, basically no one's going to hell. That's cool. I think some Jewish people believe that. Well, that's because there's no concept of there's hell. There's no hell in, 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 like in the, the original text. Yeah. Um, yeah, we fucking that guy who wrote Paradise Lost was just real horny about it, and a bunch of monks too. Really, in the Bible, there is not a liter. There's a lake of fire. There's like you know that sort of imagery and stuff, but it's not like a this will send you to hell sort of part. Yeah, yeah, that was like much later when people started <laughs> be like, we gotta find a way to control people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's. I guess why I don't, I'm not super afraid of that is like, I don't think it's the case. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. It's, it 
helps to have that mindset. But <laughs> I'm jealous of your good brain. You're still, you know, on the hook for just fearing death like a normal person of like That's fuck, true. Like That's <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when we don't have an agenda. We just talk about death. Well, so that's for me, cool. It's also a point of empathy and maybe this is where you're saying about the good brain or healthy brain or what have you, the mm. right? Is you, you kinda have silver linings to things or your brain is good about saying like, yeah, but okay, it's, you know, let's just kind of continue to operate because we got shit to do. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the empathy part for me is, uh, it really pains me to imagine, you know, people going through what I was just talking about, like that intense fear of dying or, you know, or like being on death's door or what have you. Like it's just that like animal sort of like I'm trying to stay alive sort of thing. Like, I Yeah, just, yeah. I'm scared of it, but I'm, it also like breaks down a lot of the barriers that I have between me and other people of like, damn, like that's us. That's we're just. Yeah. You know. Like that's the human condition is being scared shitless of that. Yeah. And yeah. put us in the right circumstance and whatever assholes we may be in various ways, like we'll end up in the same place there. And I don't know. It's just like. Humbling in the true sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, for sure. It's like damn like i, I want to be you know brothers with all people and stuff because of that like I, you know I, we're we're all little tiny <laughs> little tiny mammals here on this <laughs> earth you know <laughs> just some little sad meat bags running around <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah i mean there is like there can be clarity in those moments like i had the weirdest dream the other night that like I was I woke up convinced that there was an explosion in my neighborhood and I was like that's it World War Three we're done like <laughs> I just was like this is it this is the big one and like I I literally stood up from bed and like called Kyle downstairs was like hey are you okay and he's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> like I thought I thought there were bombs happening I don't know why but I did I guess I like I literally thought it was real have you ever done that before like. Not from a dream necessarily, I mean, but considered in the moment, like, fuck, I think something, I think they've really just done something. Uh, not in a dream, no. No, I've, I've done that, like, yeah, fewer than five times, five or fewer times <laughs> in my life, but, like, I have repeat. <laughs> this is stupid, but I've repeatedly, like, suspected or, you know, been on that edge, like you're talking about, of, like, mm-hmm. shit, is it's everything, happening. is it going down right now? Like, Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, I, I guess I have felt that way in the past, like when a certain like news item will come out, I'm like, okay, well, hey, that one's a pretty bad one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm a little extra anxious today. Yeah. So I don't know. There is some clarity in that of like, I don't know, you know, very sappy. But the first thing I thought of was like, well, I want to be with Kyle. What's going down? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I did have a dream that I died and it was like a super chill dream one time. Oh, that's good. You went gently into that good night. Listen to my prophetic tale. If this happens for real, Z, I'm going to be like so vindicated. My, I'm going to be so smug on my deathbed if this is the case. I'll be like, I fucking told y'all. <laughs> They'll be like, just die already, gramps. <laughs> <laughs> fucking die. You're so annoying right now. In the dream, I was dying and I was like comfy in a bed. And Kyle was there, unclear whether or not that was his physical form or a spirit. Um, because he insists he's going to die first because that's what he wants because he's crazy. No, he's not crazy. He just doesn't want to, like, <laughs> live through the separation of himself from other people. He wants I other people to have to I do understand. that. I understand. It's just I get selfish it. in its way, selfless in its way, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and there were family members and specifically i remember three adult women and so i don't i thought they were my daughters but i'm like i'm not gonna have three of those things that's so many you might not have meant to i mean triplets twins. Oh, god fuck no i don't think that runs in either of our families i'm hoping yeah, i can okay, escape but that. it's gotta go from somewhere genes mutate <laughs> i'm a mutant uh, so yeah, three adult daughters, unclear if they were daughters or granddaughters, they were, but yeah, they were on a holiday be. from professor X's Academy cause they were mutants mm-hmm, cause they're mutants. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a real chill time. They're super nice and it was a great time. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and you just died and it was good. I just died and I floated up and I was like, that was cool. And then I think I left. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit me was like later. That's like, or I don't know. It reminds me of my like pet favorite theory of just it's a video game and you get to do different playthroughs and stuff oh hell yeah man you know and you you rise up and you're like oh that was that was cool i did fucking great with that character right and then <laughs> you get to try again and see if you know uh, just a game of the sims or i guess for the kids now bit life but you know oh god what is bit life it's like a phone game is it like roblox no you're like a person mm. it's just but it's like basically all told told through emojis or something you know like oh. you have a little person face and then it's like oh you want to go to school or you want to you know you make all these decisions mm. and you know so much. end up in jail or something yeah i mean i'm on act three of Baldur's gate so i'm already thinking about my next playthrough like what what's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i think <sighs> if it is that it's some sort of blend of like you know the buddhist or hindu concept of reincarnation of like Mm-hmm. It's all through time too. So, unlike Ooh. Baldur's Gate, where you're going to be like playing the same character a bunch of different ways, going through the same story, you probably could do some of that, but you're probably also going to end up in lots of different situations. You know, sometimes very brief playthroughs where you just die in infancy or something. <laughs> Fuck, but, not a medieval baby again. Those never last. Yeah. God damn it. You're just like <laughs> killed in the spawn point or whatever. You're just... <laughs> yeah, essentially. Uh, yeah, I would assume though, and this is maybe dumb, but I would assume it would be more like the minute I die, baby is born and then I'm that baby. Yeah, no, there there are ideas, you know, that, yeah, that's how it goes. I like kind of a lobby situation where you you kind of zoom back <laughs> out chill. and you're like, oh, okay. You get to, you know, look over the highlights and stuff. Mm, and really, get to review. Yeah, you analyze it and stuff like that. I like that. I like that. But that's for your, like, we're just cosmologizing here, I guess. Uh, totally. That's for, we're, we're, okay, so back in the day, this would be like us workshopping a real-ass religion that we would roll out to people. <laughs> like, because that's what people did, I oh think. Oh, my gosh. You know? We'd have a blackboard with, like, a bunch of words and then ism on the right and, like, little lines. Drawn, like, is it this ism? Like, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. And, like, some guy in the the corner's drawing a logo. Like, it's like a bird, but, like, with the clock because it's time. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I think that what I'm saying is probably some sort of weird variant of some actual existing tradition. I'm I sure. I don't know what it is. Y'all can tell us, but... If a listener out there like listens to both of our takes and is like, I found it, I found the perfect distillation of your both of your beliefs, like send it my way. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, if if you want to make that into some sort of new age religion thing, yeah. that's fine. I don't care. Do it. Don't you don't have to Go give me anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'm I'm pretty happy in the agnostic camp of huh? <laughs> <laughs> No, but okay, so you're in the lobby. 
whatever you, you know, you're, you're going to learn stuff from your playthrough. Right. But that's for your, like your eternal, you know, your soul entity. Right. But whenever you go back into, Oh, you're in a friend. Yeah. Though. You get wiped. Right. And so in that playthrough, it's very immersive, but then you come back out and you're like, Oh, Whoa, mind blown. In the lobby, yeah, you remember all of your other past lives, too. Yeah. That's sick. So you connect all the dots and shit, you know. Mm, and that's okay, where okay. if you get that kind of Buddhist concept of enlightenment, you're going to get it out there. When you're able to actually. Be like, I learned everything I needed to know down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe on your that last playthrough, you're literally Siddhartha Gautama and you do mm-hmm. like your Buddha playthrough. You sit under the tree forever. <laughs> you reach enlightenment and then boom. Yeah. You know? That's that like all of us end up there because we're just kind of playing through previous things. I think is part of the concept maybe, but. Damn. Yeah. Wow, this is some real back of the napkin Buddhism. The downside to that <laughs> is that it means that you're Hitler and the czar and, you know, all the all the that. real assholes was you at some point or will be you, which is not good. Mm-mm. You don't want to be them. But listen, can I go down? Can I be a cat? Because that sounds great. I think I think that classic reincarnation and my own personal belief is that yeah that would be neat no 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 I I think there's this in in the classical sense I think it's punishment to like end up not a human Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying but I would think it's kind of good to be some not humans (laughs) God that'd be so great everything I do people just scream and worship me fuck yes but conversely if you end up like a wasp everything you do people will be like fuck you. Even though you're just flying around. You're not <laughs> very useful to true. your like environment necessarily, but still, you're just existing, and people are like, fuck, let me kill you with spray and everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, if you have to pick between like the entire animal kingdom and the entire you know population of humans of all time, I guess I'd have to go human. Really? Because there's going to be a lot of times when you're just like, that's you true. just die. <laughs> Pretty quick. That's very true. If I can, okay, if it's my version where it's like new baby, then I'll go with new baby. But if it's like I'm going back in time, fuck that shit. No, there's back in time. Yeah, I think, I think I it's time. I don't go back in time. I don't, I don't think pretty much anything beyond like, I don't know. Well, okay. This is complete. This is completely anti-communist, I guess, because we're like <laughs> talking about things that aren't in the material. Like this is not a materialist no. way to look no, at this at this all. No, this is immaterial so. completely. Yeah. I disavow all of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, Marx would flay me for what for speculating into this wild spiritual nonsense. He would not like this. What we out? He's like, no, you will be worms in the ground, and the commune will use you to feed their crops. Get over it. You know that's also pretty good, though. That's also good, though. (laughs) Yeah, I I looked into those ones where you can become a tree or whatever. That sounds sick. Yeah. And then people are like, well, what if they cut down the tree? And I'm like, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'll am i be compost then. Like, that's fine. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I will still have given oxygen I'm not to really going to be that's anywhere. That's sick. So. No, I'm yeah. not here. <laughs> oh, sorry, Marx. So that's life and death. Um, anyway, next topic. We finished it. We fixed it. <laughs> we fixed life and All death. All problem solved. Yeah. Uh, no, the point of that was uh, the Pope gave me weird feelings of like, both wanting validation from an institution that has been harmful to me and also being like, ah, why do I want this? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I don't know where to begin with that. No, it's, it's a bunch of issues all tangled up. My therapist doesn't know either. So <laughs> it's a good cue. 
Anyway, that's my trauma. (laughs) What else is happening? Uh, Well, in the world of business, everyone's Mm, everyone's favorite favorite place. Yeah, Capitalists are kind of just exposing themselves as predators, as, as vampires, as leeches. And not like the hot one, like in Baldur's Gate. No, like the stupid glittery one. In, uh, mm, yeah, you don't want that one. In Twilight. Yes, yeah, good job. It right. took you a minute, but you got there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like they're just, it. Their, their model depends on having a gun to your head. Like this is one of the main things that Marx elucidates or whatever. In the basic idea is the, the silly notion that, oh, you know, workers, they have this they're free to enter contracts for their labor and you know sell their labor on the free market and and get a reward for that and that's the lovely free enterprise system and, you know and mark mark says actually they're forced to do this by necessity the only thing they have to sell is their labor and then uh capitalists are able to exploit that they're able to you know extract that surplus labor value and just and and then use that to transform it into into all this sort of alchemy that they do to make more and more money, right? Yeah. Uh, one sec. I want to look up this poem. A poem? A poem. Yeah. I went to a local poetry reading uh, a couple months back. Uh, I did a little reading from my book, which is not poetry, but they're very kind enough to host me. <laughs> um, but I got to hear a poem by Jennifer Elise Wang and... She had a great poem about uh, being a room- roommates with a sex worker. And like the point of it was very much like, hey, like we are all selling our bodies as well. Yeah. You know? It was really, really good. So I don't know if this is going to have that poem specifically, but if you look up the podcast Inner Moonlight, um, it is a poetry series uh, and also has my stuff on there, but they they record their live poetry readings and they're really good. And she she was a guest on there uh, for the month after I went. So yeah, recommend. Yeah, I mean that's that's capital right there. <laughs> that part yeah. of it. I, yeah, like that's you know. the name of the fucking game. Is like how can we exploit people's bodies and and minds to make money? Yeah, and the I think I was talking to my friend Josh about this the other day. Is like the the silly thing that capitalist rise and grind type of people will tell you is we've all got the same 24 hours, but you know, mm-hmm. we don't like the, the thing about having enough money is you can hire other people to have to do the things that you would otherwise spend your time on. And then you can, you know, go do your stupid entrepreneurial bullshit. You can do your wellness retreat and your all this sort of stuff of like, really living how you want to. But for the vast majority of humanity, we're forced to sell ourselves, sell our time, like rent ourselves into temporary slavery with all the labor protections that our government is able to, you know, give us the scraps, but still renting ourselves out for that time, like losing that time of our lives. And this is why, you know, that kind of Gothic, imagery of vampirism like ring so true with capitalism is they're just they're leeching our life our literal like life our time on earth is just it's gone from we're, we're like we're giving that up we're making a bargain with this devil to 
you know, to survive because we have to. It's not like for fun, <laughs> you know? Oh, I found the poem. I'm going to read the little last bit. Uh, spoilers for a poem. <laughs> you can look it up, though. It's called Being Roommates with a Stripper by Jennifer Elise Wang. Uh, I'm just going to read the last stanza here. When your roommate is a stripper and getting ready for a night of picketing, while you've come home after overtime and drink a beer with some Tylenol for your carpal tunnel and plantar fasciitis and blink away your dry eyes, you realize you are selling your body too. Yep. That's, it's the equation. It's the essential equation that enslaves us all. Okay, but what did business do besides be evil? N- no, nothing. Nothing besides be evil. This is a story about them being evil. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Should have figured that out. Uh, this is a story in the New York Times. The headline being, pay thousands to quit your job. Some employers say so. Okay. And this is a story about some work contracts out there that are apparently more and more and more widespread. Uh, that have workers require workers to pay reimbursements if they leave before the end of the contract. Oh, fuck. So the story kind of lays out some cases, I think, where under capitalist relations anyway, it can be basically justified, right? So imagine a scenario in which you sign up to work for a company And they say, okay, here's the contract for this. We're going to put you through this specialized training, pilots training or something crazy, right? And then you're going to have to work for this amount of time. And if you leave early, you're going to have to pay us for the cost of the training because that costs a lot of money, right? And here you are trained as a pilot. You can go work anywhere else or or a a trucker. They, They put you through CDL school or something and then... They're like, okay, well, then you have to work for this amount of time. Otherwise, you have to pay for the cost of the CDL school. Wow. Right? And that part, I'm kind of like, okay. I mean, yeah, that's one avenue. I think that's the most sympathetic part of it is like, I would be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like a, a, a certification sense. Yeah, I would say, okay, yeah. fine. But that's not really what the article is focusing on. Uh, what they're focusing on are uh, contracts where it's, not clear what they're paying them back for. So they give an example of this guy, Benzor Shem Vidal, who go, trains to be a nurse, goes to nursing school, graduates second in his class, moves from the Philippines to the United States to work at a nursing home in Brooklyn. All right. Signs a contract with advanced care staffing. And they're like, yeah, 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 you're going to be responsible for 20 to 30 patients, but ends up being responsible for more than 40. He ends up in this crazy situation of like, he's the only person there. He's like trying to juggle all these different people. It's just like too much. And like, what if something goes wrong with somebody and his license is on the line, all this shit. Mm -hmm. And so he ends up quitting after 14 weeks of these hellish conditions Uh, or ends up telling them he wants to quit. However, uh, this contract that he signed said that if he quit or got fired within three years, he would owe ACS an unspecified amount of money <laughs> to compensate the money, company for damages. Uh, what? So I was telling Abby this, and Abby said, well, why would you sign this contract? And I was like, oh, come on, they got a gun to his head. I mean, like, it's, you know, he's trying to survive, you know, and I mean, you know, A, probably don't sign the contract if you have any other option, but so many people don't, you know, that's that was my sort of defenses. And I'm willing to bet that's not a very easy to read contract. And who wants to, (laughs) you know, who wants to slash is able to hire a very expensive lawyer. Right. Yeah. It's probably not very clear. 
And then also, how many of us seriously read all of our contract? Nope. Nobody. <laughs> but anyway, eventually they come through, you know, when he's like, I, I would like to quit. They say, hey. The, well, a law firm representing them says, hey, if you quit, you will owe us $20,000 or more. Depends on how it shakes out. That's so much money. So here's how they are billing How this. long did he work there? Uh, 14 weeks. That's like probably what he made <laughs> or less. <laughs> yeah, probably less. Or, or make more. I don't know. I don't want to do the math on that. The company argued that their damages included the cost of finding a replacement. Oh, my God. Are you which kidding me? Which the lawyers me? estimated could mean $9,000 for each year remaining on his contract. Are you fucking kidding me? Now companies are charging for a thing that they're just supposed to be able to do. They informed him that his case would be referred to private arbitration. And if he, <sighs> if he lost, he would be responsible for the cost of the arbitration and the legal fees of the company, not to mention the cost of his own lawyer. That's in fury fucking aiding. Are you kidding me? Now we're just going to pass on HR's bill to you for some reason. Yeah, we're supposed to, you know, foot the bill for or, uh, you know, on a, on in to be honest, be threatened with yes. putting the bill because some they're banking. Lawyers do this all the time. They're banking on, uh, you know, on, on working people not being able to fight this and just backing down Mm-mm. and saying, OK, fine, I'll work. Yeah, that, that really is what it is. It's fucking extortion. Yeah. This is apparently referred to as a stay or pay clause. You know, like I said, the article does kind of distinguish that like, hey, there, there are some like situations where this is not as clearly evil as, as this one. The training one I get, the fucking covering the cost of hiring someone else is insane. That's yeah, that's wild. It's like, well, that's on you, bro. Yeah, that's like why you have a company is because you're hired people. Like, that's not my job. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, jobs do this in small ways whenever you do want to quit that, you know, the idea of a two week notice and of, you know, trying to you have kind of an unspoken responsibility to make that transition like super easy. And like, you know, some people bend over backwards for that of like, Oh, I'll, I'll slowly transition out that kind of shit and yeah. like help find a replacement and all that. When it's like, no, any that's, obligation that's these fucking people. one of the, one of the things I always say, if, you know, I'm friends with somebody or whatever, and they're thinking about quitting, uh, you know, or it's one of my students are talking about, they're going to give their two weeks or something. And, you know, I, I'm unsure about their experience, their work experience and stuff. As I say, hey, you're, are you going to be all right? Like if they fire you that day, if they send you home. Because mm-hmm, they might. Yeah. Like cause, and a lot of people don't know that. And so teen listeners out there, you know, you're, you're <laughs> in your first jobs or whatever. And, and it sucks because it does. I mean, it's just mm-hmm, <laughs> some, it's a job. Yeah. They have to pay you to be there. And you're thinking about, oh, giving your two weeks. People, older people say. You got to give your two weeks. Make sure you do this. This is proper and stuff where you see it's it It's such a cultural thing. It's gross. Yeah. And I mean, I get it in a, in a courtesy thing, but like one thing you do have to keep in mind is that they may very well and would be within their legal rights and have a history of firing people on the spot or telling them, go home. You're not on the schedule anymore till your last day, you know, and they just cut you and, you and your pay is done and everything. So like anytime you're in that situation, you have to make sure... If I'm going to go through the two weeks thing, I need to make sure I'm good with not having money for those two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's really precarious or it can be. Yeah. Now, apparent. so the contract, 
this type of contract or whatever has expanded beyond those high training situations. Cause I mean like what did these, this is high training, but these guys didn't pay for that training. Right. He came in oh, with nurse credentials, right? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. They didn't pay for his nursing school. That was him. Right. <sighs> they they're, they're just charging. They're not charging him for anything they did themselves. They're charging for hiring a new person, you know, and this is spreading <laughs> from these high training. We put you through the training situations uh, to bank workers, salespeople, dog groomers, police officers, Whoa. estheticians, firefighters, mechanics, nurses, federal employees, electricians, roofers, social workers, paramedics, Whoa. truckers, mortgage brokers, teachers, and metal polishers. I was going to say teachers because they, yeah, they're, they're, they're contract workers technically. I mean, not really, but kind of. They sign contracts every year. <laughs> I'm going to send you to collections. You try to do that on me. That's that's <laughs> absurd. Insane. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, if you think about this, I mean, I don't know, my little utopian brain went to like, we should be paying people to take training because like, yeah, we want to be investing in having nurses and teachers and all of those professions except cops. (laughs) (laughs) That one we can leave behind. We can defund that one. Yeah, charge them if they quit. But like all those other ones, like we need those people. Like it's, it's insane to me, like culturally and systemically how we treat workers as a whole of like, you are fucking lucky to be here and fucking you know, kiss my feet because I'm even granting you an interview and like just the, the attitude of, of you should be so lucky when it's like, you should be so lucky. Like you should be like paying for all this education and training so that we have a society that fucking works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Mm. the age old adage of, you know, we do the work like society runs because of us, not because of the people who pay us. The quote unquote job creators are really the, surplus value moochers i mean that's that's the the crux of it that's that's at the -hmm. the heart of socialism and communism is understanding that how capitalism makes its money it's by stealing from you yeah yeah i mean that that screenshot's been going around the we should automate the ceos have you seen that one Mm -mm. um i've been seeing a, a screenshot going around of like we should just automate CEOs because they don't actually do anything. And it's like, come on guys, you're so close. You're so close to getting it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was from like a news article. I'm seeing one now, a Forbes article of automating the role of CEO question mark. So 25% of CEOs time is spent on tasks machines could do. I would argue probably more of it is spent on that. And also 50% of it is just doing jack shit. Yeah. And as a defender of doing jack shit, I would not want to, I I don't think the position of CEO should exist, but the tasks that CEOs do, which is like fuck around and enjoy their lives. um, Everyone should do that. Right. Yeah. I don't want it to be this strange dystopia where AI ends up doing all of the like composing music and all the shit that like humans are supposed to do. And we're stuck doing the grunt work. Like, you know, they, they, I don't know. There's too much AI, like art and all this other stuff of creative and writing. And it's like, no, that we should do that. Like we should get to mm-hmm. do the things that like self-actualize us versus the drudge work that that should be what the AI is relegated to. We should all be able to go on vacations and have good education for our children and live a nice life. And work like two hours a day or four hours a day or something. We want that for everybody, not just a handful of rich fucks. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that's appealing. We're, we're all, we also are talking about, 
you know, this will be released probably early. Thir- we, we always release early Thursday. It's been so long since I've midnight done that midnight. Like, so dawn of Thursday, like the dawn of Thursday, the, the midnight the... Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So if you're listening to us before you sit down to dinner, you know, this is a, an appealing part, I think of the communist dream or just like of the human dream. You don't have to phrase it, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got that one, everybody's got those uncles or whatever. <laughs> like, no, no, no socialism. Oh, commun- you know, whatever. Okay, fine. Just being a person though, like dreaming up your utopia, dreaming up what would, how could the world be better? Right. Is if you are freed to do all these things, you know, you, you do automate a bunch of the stuff that you don't want to do. Uh, you do free up people to have more leisure time, to have more, you know, access to education and everything like in a real sense, not like if you're rich enough and regular people who work hard and, you know, they say, Oh, I work hard. I play by the rules. I blah this and that. And why should so much of my money go to Joe Brandon and all that? Like <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Sort of. You're close. Because your money does, like, really go to a lot of, you know, deep pockets uh, in terms of the uh, defense contractors. And I was going to say, it goes to fucking missiles killing children, so. Yeah. And and, and it goes to uh, subsidies for the, the corn lobby, and it goes to all these mm-hmm. things that we don't need. We don't like. And that's not decided by you. And I I, I think there's a lot of actually, like, Common ground in the sense that we hate the same things, not common ground on where we think we're going. There, there's a lot of at least fertile things to, to where you can grow the idea in these people's heads that you're somebody that gets it. And then you can slowly corrupt them from then on out and just, you know, be like, <laughs> I get it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm smart. I'm cool. I know that the government's fucked up. And then you can just kind of slowly twist them into it's fucked up because of capitalism. <laughs> now, this, this story was just wild. Um, they were talking about the these contracts that you know lock people in the stay or pay clause we were saying yeah yeah it is called a training repayment agreement provision acronym trap <laughs> okay guys come on you should have tested that one out a little someone's just cackling somewhere <laughs> wow yeah that's some mustache twirling shit yeah but I mean, even the article is like, you know, yeah, if a company pays, you know, for a transferable credential, an MBA, blah, 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 might make sense. But too often training is little more than orientation and provides no transferable credentials, according to many workers I talked to in the course of reporting this article. Oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, what the fuck am I going to do with I was onboarded here? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I reset my password a couple of times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So apparently that shit is spreading and there's no... There's no seeming end in sight. There's no legal movement or what have you to to say this is bullshit. It's a more explicit way to, like we were mentioning before, the the fundamental mechanism of why do people, why are we the same as sex workers in terms of selling our bodies? You know, is because we're all in that survival situation. We all have to sell our our finite time on this earth like we we get to like breathe and like look at the sunrise (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like pet cute animals and breathe (laughs) fresh air all the all these like good experiences we get to do that and we say you know what for a 
a big chunk, the majority of my waking time, uh, uh, of most of the majority of the days of the week, I'm not going to do those things. I'm instead going to do this thing I don't want to do to survive. Like that's fucked up. I don't know if you zoom out, it's a, it's very freshman philosophy sort of thing, but like that's (laughs) fucked up, man, isn't it? You know? No. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about the very basic concept of earning a living as a fucked up thing to say. Mm -hmm. And it is, and it's very frustrating to talk about this with normies. I don't have another word for them (laughs) at this point (laughs) because, you know, they'll just be like, Oh, that's the way it is. That's what you have to do. People, you know, we've talked about all the arguments before, you know, Mm -hmm. to check our previous episodes for that. (laughs) People won't want to work and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, it's a real dismal view of humanity that you have to literally in this case, trap people into this in order to, to get what you want from them. And the reason you have to do that is because what you, you know, the boss wants in this case is not going to be good for them. Like, I mean, we were texting the other day about like, you know, all these stories about the economy coming out of (laughs) (laughs) what was the, let me read it. It was funny. Oh, here, here's the headline. Why Americans don't believe the good economic news, followed by tips on holiday travel, which I'm like, we get it. You're trying to fucking spur the economy. Calm the fuck down, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like there's there's always going to be these these articles, especially around this time of year, trying to convince us like everything's great. Please buy some shit for your family. Please travel because their idea of what is good for the economy is different than what is good for people. You are not the economy. Your friends are not the economy and your family's not the economy. Like that's a completely separate fucking concept. And so when some fucking blue check idiot out there tries to send you a graph of a GDP and it goes down because communism, like who fucking cares? Yeah. Send him a pick of a butt because that's how like that might as well be as relevant. Of course. Unless it's like a hot butt. Don't reward them for that. <laughs> Damn. <I'm> a- <laughs> Shit, I love this. I'm send more <laughs> stupid economic alerts to people. <laughs> I mean, even in the actual economist or whatever, you know, neoliberal sort of uh, stats nerd world, they do have other measures beyond GDP of like, you know, the happiness index or whatever uh, that... I mean, I guess it's self-admitted that <laughs> they like Sweden super happy. I wonder fucking why. Yeah, because they actually provide things for people. They take care of people. I read a novel set in Sweden and I was like, holy shit, this sounds great. And it was like kind of a dark novel. <laughs> it was about like a murderer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like it was like the environment it was taking place. And I'm like, wow, that's great. Like their cop is like actually trying to work with them and stuff. Like it was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. No, you have you have places where they like design the school systems in Finland to like professionalize teachers and mm. you know say they're they're like as skilled as doctors. We pay them like doctors. We run the schools and they they're in schools like less. They're tested less. They do way better. Ain't a fucking coinkydink. Yeah, that's running. So you know, and yeah, uh, these are imperial core countries. They benefit totally uh, from the exploitation that they directly or indirectly do uh, to the global periphery, the global South. They do that. And, and, and the, the spoils therein kind of sweeten the pot for their domestic population. So they're doing this in some ways on the backs of people throughout the world. But if we were able to take that element out, right. And say, okay, well, if we're going to do this with the commune, 
in the future where, you know, this model of aiming for human satisfaction rather than the satisfaction of capital. I mean, that's, that's what we're looking for. Right. So I don't, it's, it's just a good, a good image of the ways in which uh, just a simple shift in priorities really, because I mean, yes. I think capital is still basically in charge in these places, but it's so, it is to a greater degree, at least from our little American perspective, it's to a greater degree reined in by popular control that that popular control is, you know, more so in the driver's seat than say here in America. Yeah. I mean, one thing I have thought about a lot is the idea of just equalizing the playing field. Like, and I will admit this question gets harder as I get older because I am like, fortunately getting more stable as I, as I age, that is not the case for everybody, but and in terms of finances, I'm doing all right. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, asking yourself the question of like, am I willing to like, let go of some of my nice things so that everyone can live a nicer life? And in what's crazy is that like, it's not, it wouldn't even be that drastic of a change for, you know, someone at like a middle class kind of bourgeois level, it would be a huge change for, you know, the people at the top, like there is enough to go around. I feel like I've said this a 100 times on this show, but it's worth repeating that there's enough. And yeah, we're gonna have to do some fucking hard work to make sure that it gets to where it needs to go. It is a problem distribution, like that's the classic economics thing. But their way is distribution at gunpoint. And our way is like distribution from a humanitarian point. Yeah. And you're right that there's so much we have to do. So many dragons we have to slay to get to that that point of being able to say, (laughs) let's let's do it this way instead. Because we have to be in the driver's seat, which means we have to do Mm -hmm. a global revolution. I mean, (laughs) Woof. Good luck. Yeah. So luckily our comrades in... The global south and the colonized countries will lead the way on that. Our, Please do. Our job is to support them and undermine <laughs> undermine our own imperial countries from the belly of the beast. But yeah, you're right. It's going to be a a long, hard road to get there, unless, of course, we have aliens show up and help us out. Man, I would love that. That would be Oof, nice. That'd be, Please, that'd be you know, sick. If you're listening um alien dave and dan <laughs> get back to your government you know yeah yeah or dave and dan you guys probably have some sort of fucked up back channel to them probably yeah they share probe readings or whatever look we you know you've, you've done a lot of crimes against the people spying on us and you know sabotaging our, our cats and making them like howl and <laughs> everything else during our broadcast we would be willing to forgive all of those transgressions Yes. If you switch sides and instead ask your, ask the your alien aliens friends. that you. Zeeplorp. Yeah. <laughs> Zeeplorp and Zorbon, which is the Dave and Dan uh, translation. Yeah. yeah. We, we know you guys know about them and you have connections. Like, you know, defect. Defect over to their side and get them to come down here and save everything. And there you go. Here's the thing, aliens. This is my message to you, as someone who's been part of fanfic communities for, wow, a very long time now that I just <laughs> thought about it. Oof, okay. Um, the minute you show what your physical form looks like, you're going to have, like, millions of people wanting to fuck you. So, like, you're, I mean, come on. Come on over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to be welcomed with open arms and open legs. Like, it's going to be <laughs> fucking hot. 
So, so I hope you're, you're into, into this that. shit. <laughs> come save us and you will get some. If you're ace, I'm sure you're a technology like far out strips are. So you'll still be able to insulate yourselves from us. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be fine. You know, I'm sure you have some fancy space vibrator. Like just that's fine. Yeah. Or <laughs> send us down like androids or synthetic like versions of yourself or something. Yeah. You're going to be number one in the fanfic category, the celebrity category. Like you're going to do great. All right. If you were to guess like not not like what you think an alien life form that came to earth would be, but like, what is your top preference for? Mm, it doesn't visually? have to be like a horny preference. I just mean like, well, it's <laughs> like, what's like the coolest, like if it were up to you, what would the aliens look like if they showed up? Okay. Okay. That's a good question. I mean, some of my favorite alien designs are, I'm thinking, I like when they're like different enough, you know, like Vulcan, that's not enough for me. Like, cool. You got pointy ears, like fucking <laughs> great. You know, like it's cool, but like not enough. Yeah. I like kind of the more like blobby ones, like in uh, you remember Mass Effect Andromeda, the goopy kind of guys, the new guys. Yeah. 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 yeah they weren't goopy, but they were like electro bio sensor something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Wow. I've had a glass of wine, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are pretty colors, is the point. So I think pretty colors would be nice. I think vaguely humanoid and like, yeah, you got two arms, two legs. That would be like convenient. But I mean, you can go nuts. You can add a few extra limbs or like whatever. That's fine. <laughs> I would also love it, though, if it was like just so fucking completely different. We can't comprehend it of like they're asymmetrical and they're gaseous and they're, you know, like that'd be crazy. I'd be into that just like on a, I think that'd be really interesting from a cultural level to be like, Ooh, like how do they experience music? If they're a gas, do yeah. they like let the sound waves like burst through them? You know, right? <laughs> like they don't have food. How are we going to connect with them? Like I would love that shit on like a fucking dorky cultural level. They're just like floating crystalline formations or something. Yeah, and, like, what if they come from a gas giant? Like, we can't fucking visit them. Yeah. <laughs> I like that shit, too. So I either want to be, like, you know, recognizable, hot, <laughs> colorful, or completely fucking off the walls. Mm, my number one would be, like, the Hanar in Mass Effect. Like mm, a jellyfish guy. That's a great choice. I love those little guys. And they have, like, that or, like, the... uh the Elcor was it? That very neutral voice mm, that's clearly yes, yes. just to communicate with us because they don't do that. They they only s communicate in like pheromones. Yeah. So I don't know. That to me, it's kind of like a cat. Like they meow for us or something. You know, it's like they're just <laughs> true. their vo their voice is not what they actually do. I love scent that. I or love that. psych. You know, psychic waves or electro something you know something else but mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the jellyfish that's floaty cool. sort of thing that's cool that's totally alien that's great yeah yeah i mean i love the movie arrival for that reason because it, it is the whole idea of like what if it's a completely different communication style mm -hmm. you know earlier we were talking about you know selling your time on this earth <laughs> <laughs> and i saw a headline the other day that made me want to investigate more I'm now reading an article that's kind of like trying to debunk it a little bit. But the original story was that this video game CEO, uh, the guy behind Take Two, which is the publisher behind Grand Theft Auto, that whole series, uh, this guy, Strauss Zelnick, mm -hmm. uh, seemed to be implying that games should be charged per hour. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, does he mean like per hour played by customer or does he mean per hour of quote unquote, it would take you this many hours to play the game? That's a great question because the actual quote is a little more complicated. I think like what I immediately thought of was how long it takes you to play the game. Cause I'm like, shit, I do sometimes leave a pause and just go do shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fine. I, his actual quote was just saying that like their pricing, he's trying to excuse their pricing, basically saying like, Oh, like if you think about the actual hours played, it's really good value. And he's trying to compare it to like going to a movie and like, I'm reading this and I'm like, I get what you're saying on one level, but on one level, I'm like, fuck you. Amount of time you have spent on something does not necessarily denote the worth of what you just did. You know, having sex doesn't take all day, but like, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, eating a, a cookie, whatever right. it is, you know, like th- there are small pleasures in this world and they are still worth something. That's true. That's true. I was going to say, I mean, it does make sense sort of if you have intense replayability value like right replay i kind of understand yeah or like a multiplayer thing where you're gonna soak hours into playing multiplayer on it it's like okay i could see charging more up front for saying hey let's be honest you're gonna play this game a lot more than you know this other game we're gonna play through it like twice and that's it yeah i mean i could i mean like wow does that right like their subscription model a subscription model is an entirely other thing i think i mean I'm just saying the amount you charge per game is what I was imagining he was saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is more what he's talking about. But I guess what I'm saying is that, like, what he's thinking of in terms of value per hour is already kind of a factor in some of those things. Yeah. I mean, if you switch over to subscription, then you're literally going to charge people based on how they use it. Because you're only going to bother to pay the subscription if you are going to repeatedly use it to make it worthwhile. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm reading the actual quote. It does not look like he's threatening that in any way. He's more just like, look, guys, we're really worth it. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I just, I don't know. I just think that's a weird way to think about it, especially like his comparison to like going to a movie or something, you know, is is less valuable. And I'm just like, how? How do you determine that? Because like, to me, both of these things are art and you can't just be like, this one was less valuable because it took less time. Especially as someone who fucking worked three years on a goddamn graphic novel, I hope you weren't like, well, that was 30 minutes of my time. Fucking not worth that much. 33 cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was bullshit. I wish it was longer. <laughs> no, that's, that's part of the dehumanizing. I mean, that's, that's like the, the, the revolting part of capitalism is, and, and and why people who aren't Marxists or anything even still look at it and are and are grossed out, you know, it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with the system is because of shit like that is that it's like, that's not, that's not what life is. What, what like our experience that's as human beings works. is. Yeah. Like, like a fucking song is, you know, usually only a few minutes, but it can mean the world to you, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if, you know, okay, oh, but then you listen to it on repeat, right? So it's worth that much time. No, it's like you can still have a song you haven't listened to in years that comes back up and you're like, oh, damn, this dude. is my fucking jam. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, all the words as if possessed. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> that's there's something there worth more than any, you know, than what people can commodify. I mean, there's a lot of articles coming out right now about like Hollywood and like how many 
you know, what they thought were going to be blockbusters turned into flops, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's really interesting seeing, like, the lessons absorbed and purposefully not absorbed. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Sorry, y'all. We're going to talk a little bit of shit, probably, because, like, a lot of them are about Marvel. What did did they say? Like, what did they think was going to be good that's not? I don't fucking know, because I don't keep up with Marvel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But there are apparently a lot of, I think it was a new, like, What's her name? Mrs. Marvel movie. You know, the the lady one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of those. What's her face? Brie Larson. There Why do go. I know that? She's a crossword clue sometimes because ah. her name is short. If you have a short name with lots of vowels, you're probably going to be a crossword clue. I'm going to name my child like Aua <laughs> <laughs> for that reason. No, uh, I'm kidding. No, I knew it was Brie, but I didn't know the last name. I don't know why I knew it, but I did. Anyway... So yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. Like, wow, Barbie and Oppenheimer did so well and we just didn't see that coming. And like all these other things that we thought were going to be well, like, you know, the new Batman and, you know, new Marvel shit and all this other stuff. And people are just kind of confused about it, I guess. Like, and, it, you know, there were a lot of articles after Barbie came out of like, well, now Mattel is like licensing all of their toys to be movies. And it's like, mm. that wasn't the talking point of barbie (laughs) it was just like toy equals good movie like that movie was like a fun campy humor that we're not allowed to get anymore (laughs) right it was a it was like a dumb movie about a dumb thing yeah but it was still smart in its jokes i felt in a way that like i don't see like okay but it was like yeah i guess it was totally smart and, and like clever humor what i mean is like it was small stakes it was silly it was silly as fuck like marvel every time you gotta wait in there and be like god damn it the the um, the whole universe is about to end unless they do the thing it's like come on <laughs> like, can i have a fun small side adventure sort of movie yeah okay i wanted to talk about that so with marvel shit we're both not marvel people i feel like so much of the hype and the joy around it is like this weird in-game shit of like being able to recognize cameos and being like, oh, I've watched the past 20 movies, so I know what's going on in this 23rd movie. Whereas I'm like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) You know, like I haven't watched one in a long ass time. If I watch it right now, I'm pretty sure I would feel like I was on drugs. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Who? What? What? (laughs) Like, it's this weird, like, sense of triumph, I guess, or of like dedication that I'm not sure I understand. I also haven't watched them in that long but my understanding was not to that effect i thought that while there is probably some payoff in having seen all the episodes it's also kind of like a network tv show where you can just drop in and Mm, watch it from there and get like the stupid version of it and it's fine okay great i haven't tried in very very many years so i don't know (laughs) well nor have i but i mean you can't like I wonder how old you, you would the, have to be. They're going to save the world. Well, like, <laughs> seriously, how old do you have to be? Uh, and, like, how unemployed or, like, you, you know, <laughs> how much free time do you have to have to literally have consumed every article of, All of it? Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, you know, IP? Great fucking question. Like, number of hours on that has to be insane. I mean, especially if you're including comic books, which would be ridiculous. I was going to say, yeah, if we're limiting it to movies and, like, excluding, say, video games, full completion on the video games. Excluding video games, excluding 
I think you'd have to include the TV shows because yes, those were no, so 100%. like prestige pumped. Yeah. yeah. So movies and TV alone, I bet that's a lot of fucking hours. <laughs> this man would charge a lot of money for it. This whoever Zelnick CEO. <laughs> and then if you if you say no, I want to watch that one again. Boom, double the price. <laughs> They're charging you again. <laughs> oh no, but I I had been reading. Okay, not the, not the fucking article. I've got things to do, but I had seen some talk around. Um, like Marvel shows becoming more and more like esoteric of like, oh, well, if you watch this show, you would know that this is from blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> so I don't know if that's actually the case, but I don't no know. No idea. But I will say it kind of speaks to this, not the Marvel thing per se, but again, kind of that guy talking about, and maybe we're mischaracterizing, but it's still emblematic, I think, of capital's drive to consume itself, consume all of us consume the human experience and find a way to monetize it. That is to say, find a way to bleed it. Right. And, and change it from something. I mean, <laughs> I do love our shooting the shit episodes. Cause we end up like sowing seeds in the beginning that we didn't know we're going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? It really is just strong connections. Yeah. And so, we were saying earlier just about like being alive and being humans and fearing trying to monetize and stuff. that. And yeah, it's like, we're going to, yeah, try to monetize exit, like being alive and enjoying things and just finding ways to step in and say, okay, because when you're monetizing something, you're essentially saying you cannot do that thing unless you pay me. So, it's a version of the enclosure movement. It's a version of walling off something that people used to be able to experience and saying, nope, 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 not anymore. I mean, shit, you want to talk about that? Monetizing death is a thing, too. That's a huge industry. Like and funerals like, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And, and hospice care, all that shit. And, and hospice oh. can get really fucking expensive and there's all, I don't know, I'm thankful that I haven't had like a, a firsthand experience. It's been much more secondhand, mm-hmm. but like it is really weird how much of a process it is mm-hmm. and how much of a a monetary conversation it can become. Oh, yeah. And like you read a lot, I, I read a great memoir by uh, Tyler Fetter called Dancing at the Pity Party. And she writes really beautifully about her mom's death um, when she was in college. And one of the, the things that I, I really not related to on my level, but I've seen people go through is whenever they have um, a loved one that is close to death, kind of wishing for death at a certain point, because they're just dragging it out at that point. And you're like, I just want it to be over. And I, I can't imagine how much more intense that feeling gets when you're in a monetary situation that is like, not safe. And you're just like, fuck, I can't fucking afford to take care of this person anymore. Yeah, I mean, because you're right on the human level it makes sense and it's you know it's its own sort of torture of like this is hard for me but i shouldn't feel like this but you know you want them to not be suffering but you also want you want more black and white answers than what you have right now which is like you're in in between space and that's uncomfortable yeah i saw this article also in new york times about assisted living facilities and stuff kind of like so it's not like nursing home level, but like a step above or below that, whatever, like less intervention. Before. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. That was, it was kind of on some better call Saul shit. If you know 
anything of that. Did you ever watch that? At I all? did not. Okay. I couldn't stomach Breaking Bad very well, so I was like, I don't know if I want more of this universe. <laughs> uh, it's it's a different vein. It's pretty good. Okay, okay. I am not someone to pressure people into watching things. <laughs> anyway, one of the big cases he breaks in there is a uh, like a nursing home, assisted living sort of thing that's overcharging its residents for like basically really nickel and diming them for like box of Kleenex, this, you know, exorbitant fees and shit. And this story is essentially laying that out for assisted living places saying, um, you know, Oh, they had $93 for medications, $50 for cable. Like they charged them for having rails on their bedding, like on the sides of their beds, Whoa, $12 for a blood pressure check. Uh, they charged them for reminding them to take their pills. Oh my God. And like, again, like I really love what you said earlier, but like any, charge is something that you don't get otherwise you know right they they are saying you don't get to be reminded about this you don't get railings on your bed unless you pay me yeah insane that's the thing is it is an enclosure movement it's walling it off and saying no now now you have to pay me for it the um so you're familiar with the term robber baron right yeah do you know it's that its origins go much further back than like the american 19th century Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking of railroad tycoons, you know, the big mustaches, et cetera. Yeah, no, that's where that's where it's it got popularized. Popular. Yeah, um, but it goes way further back than that. Is it medieval, like barons? Like yes. Oh shit! So yeah, it goes back to feudal times. It's in the original German, Raubritter. <laughs> uh, and, and and the reason uh, they called them this. This is from like a. A uh, period of time during the Holy Roman Empire known as the Great Interregnum because it was this breakdown of imperial authority. Okay. I want an interregnum. Okay. Well, <laughs> you would, except for there's all these robber baron assholes. So oh, yeah. all the, you know, the minor feudal lords said there's no imperial authority anymore, so I can do whatever I want. And the big thing they did was they, they started charging exorbitant tolls uh, on the roads that basically turned into mega operations of highwaymen and bandits. And so they would just, they would fucking rob people. They would do raids on different like towns that couldn't pay up the protection money and shit. They were just like gangsters. I'm very curious as to when Robin Hood came about because wow. Uh, sounds like maybe a job for him, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, in this case, it was a job for the government when um, the you know rulers were able to consolidate enough power to go at these guys. Their main strategy was fucking kill these guys, like <laughs> besiege them, hang them in their own castles, and make sure that this you know and use that as an example of the rest of them. It's like this bitch. If you try to do robbery and shit on me, like. You're done. Damn. I wish we had done that with the railroad magnates. <laughs> Would have solved a lot of fucking problems. Right. And it's just, you know, they were just bleeding people because they could. And I think that wow. <laughs> I was saying we should besiege, you know, Elon Musk in, in X headquarters not, or whatever. I'm not but... saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be mad if it happened. But it would stop. It might stop all the other assholes from doing the same thing. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Back to nursing homes real quick. Yeah, I I am internet friends with a cartoonist that um, works in a in a like retirement home. And like, she's constantly asking for donations for the residents. And it's really like, she's like the like activities coordinator. And 
it's really sad. Like, like she has to like kind of ask for all this assistance and like getting them just like things to do of like puzzles and games and like all these like craft things. And like, it's really like amazing work that she does. And I just like, I'm very, very like, wow, that's amazing that you do that. But like, it's sad that like these people are just placed (laughs) just with nothing of just like fucking figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, if you want to talk about, time and value like what's more valuable than people that have lived for that fucking long and like no shit yeah and it's we're all gonna end up dead or there there. (laughs) yeah like come on oh this no this story was crazy and and you have people defending it um obviously people who are special advisors for the national investment center for seniors housing and care like people making money off of this Saying, oh, yeah, people want choice. You know, if you price it more a la carte, you're paying for what you actually desire. But the reason that this story came out is because they were saying, you know, there are these class action lawsuits that have accused several of the, uh, you know, chain assisted living facilities of not actually doing the services they're billed because they don't have the staffing. So essentially American law is saying it's fine if you bilk people for this on their bill, if you provide it, the only way we're going to step in is if, if you they don't, don't actually, actually do, it. do it. Yeah. Wow. And like, how do you enforce that? You know, like well, the only way is to bring lawsuits and have them settle. Like they're not going to admit wrong, mm-hmm. but you just have to get them, threaten them into providing enough evidence to where they end up settling. It's how, Probably, I don't actually know the numbers, but it feels like, based on what you read, more than like the majority, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you hear of lawyers who have been lawyers for like a bajillion years and like, yeah, I've been to trial like once. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, I thought that was like your job. <laughs> right. I don't know. I feel like if I were a lawyer, I would be disappointed if that ended up my life. Like, ah, uh, never. Like, I, I wanted to be Atticus Finch, you know? Like, I want to be cool, like, in, in Totally. <laughs> like, isn't that why you decided to become a lawyer? Like, you saw all those Watch cool like portrayals. Watch, like, or like, something, like, you know? Or yeah, Boston exactly. Legal like, or something. that sounds fucking sick. That is so weird, yeah. But then you're, you're like, the loser who doesn't go, yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is that is seen as, like, a weird victory, you know? Like, that's a celebration of, like, hey, we didn't have to go to court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird. <sighs> yeah, the, the rent versus stuff was crazy so the rent versus charges i should say to be more specific uh they are talking about this one woman a retired nursing assistant she was in one of these facilities she was a floor away from her husband who was also in this facility uh you know both very old people i'd want to share a room well he was on a different floor because he had severe dementia Okay. So he was on the dementia floor, right? And she was on the gotcha, don't gotcha. need as much care floor. But, okay. you know, fucking close. Just gets to go, yeah. you know, real close. All right. So her rent in that situation was $3,300. A month? Uh, a month. Yeah. Plus. That's so many dollars. 275 a month for a pendant alarm. Uh, you know what? Uh, like a life alert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. word. You know, help a fallen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she needs help, she's billed an exact amount, like a $26.67 charge for the 31 minutes an aide spent helping her to the bathroom one night. Oh, my God. She just should have that as a human. As a human being. Like, in, in the commune, we are not going to bill you 26.67 to help you to go to the restroom. 
Yeah. Like, yes, it's work and like care work is exhausting and like can require tons of training and all that stuff. Like it is work and not to do legitimate. Like no, I'm not going to push that all onto families to take care of because that is also bad. Like I, we have seen in our own family how devastating that can be. But the resources that go to making sure that people are cared for in the context of being a care worker are not going to be tied to or milked from you for dem- for needing the care for having it for just being a human and aging yeah so that was her situation her like money wow. situation her husband's specialty care at the facility costs much more at 61.50 a month on top of 38.25 in rent so he paid a little more in rent instead of 275 and whatever charges six thousand dollars on top Jesus. of that for the care and Jesus Christ. their their savings man they just tanked um and eventually her children were like you're 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 going to be broke like we have to the guy he could be in the va facility and medicare would cover it but she couldn't be there because she wasn't va so she didn't want to do this because they were living in the same place you know yeah she wants to be together understandable but they were jesus christ out of money so they just you know Move them out. They were like, that's that's what we got to do. Wow. That's just, it is inhumane. Yeah. Uh, this one quote really sent me on on this of uh, the president of Care Patrol. Kind of like the Paw Patrol, but it's it's just like, it's just nursing homes. Um, Security. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nursing home cops. Uh, but they're cute dogs, I guess. Care Patrol. <laughs> uh, Bellevue Eastside in Seattle. Uh, she warned those seeking advice that they should expect to pay at least $7,000 a month saying quote, a million dollars in assets really doesn't last that long. Holy shit. And that just like put this image in my head again. I don't know. This has been the motif tonight of this vampiric, like these people are dying and the, these, these, you know, leeches are just filing in to just get on the corpse and everything and take it for what it's worth. Yeah. I mean, assuming you don't live in a country that's being constantly fucking bombed by imperialism. Oh, congrats. You're lucky enough to live in, you know, the quote unquote good place. Guess Mm -hmm. what? We're still going to fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Just slower. (laughs) It's bizarre. Oh my God. That that should be accepted. I mean, that that's disgusting. Well, because what is, what, what is people's response to that? People's response to that currently is encourage people to save a lot when they're young, which is to say, because is that money yours? Not really. To what you're saying to people when you say encourage them to, you know, save save when you're young and everything and invest it and whatever is let people make money off of you while you're young. Like we, we should be honest about like, quote unquote, people's assets are literally investment vehicles for huge corporations to make tons of money off of you. Yeah. Like. Go let someone gamble with your shit. Go go enable these corporations to do terrible things in your name. <laughs> you know, I yeah. don't want to fucking give them my money. Like, they're terrible. But apparently, that's what I'm going to have to do. And it's, bar- it's again, time. Borrowing time mm-hmm. of like, well, you better work yourself really hard while you're young and you're physically able to so that you can, what, die slowly for a bunch of money in a nursing home? Yeah. Disgusting. That's what I think. So I think... Um I think it was Tom on the Trillbillies kind of went down this avenue 
of saying like it's fucked up how we have to basically rent out our current well-being our current like enjoyment mm-hmm. of things and like save up and stuff but uh, it's it's a double it's a double thing of like having to you know defer our enjoyment of life to be able to like survive later but then also in the interim buying you know whatever yachts and whatever mansions and whatever everything else that the you know fueling this capitalist machine uh, and not just I don't, I don't mean just the personal consumption of you know habits of, of whatever corporations and everything but who are they donating to right are they giving this money oh. to you know right-wing assholes and death squads in in the global south and and bombs to rain hell you know rain hellfire missiles down on palestinian children and everything else like you know that's what we're funding and we don't have a say in it because of this system yeah i think that's what fucking kills me about it is is there is a sense of guilt and not just the catholic guilt but <laughs> the capitalist guilt oh, but, of yeah how many deaths are on my hands because of the taxes that i pay and you know my 401k being invested in god knows what yeah it's it's a material guilt of like actually what harm am i visiting upon this world that i do not want to like it's even if it's accidental yeah you know no none of us wants it you can you can ask your you know everyone to this you know to this side of your very problematic uncle you know it's always the uncles i don't know always the uncle maybe the aunts too yeah maybe sometimes i don't know there's some pretty bad (laughs) aunts out there (laughs) but you know that relative you know that relative okay everyone to this side of them doesn't want to be doing any of this they're gonna say oh, it's sad that, you know, this is happening or whatever. And they may, they probably have a pretty unenlightened take on stuff. That's fine. That's okay. They still don't want to be actively supporting, you know, blowing the legs off of kids. They don't want to be actively supporting, you know, putting people in solitary confinement to lose their minds. I mean, they don't want to be doing these sorts of things that they do because of the incredibly efficient invisible hand of the market that... <laughs> moves their investments to where it needs to be moved. It It is a really nihilist look, I think, of that's just the way it is. That's what it has to be. Like, that. that is, to me, just, it is giving up. Yeah, it's like, no, and, and you know, we're people talk. I mean, like, what do we do about it? We, you know, tell <laughs> we people about it. And about and it. And yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, we have to console ourselves, I, I think, a little bit or be a little bit honest is that yeah that does have an effect is it does like raise awareness and at least give people hope because you know you're sitting there and it's like fuck i'm about to have to go you know eat dinner with all these assholes <laughs> like, or, or all these people that are like but like we're all trapped in this terrible world together like how could i make it, makes it you feel less them? alone yeah hopefully. it's like i'm not crazy for thinking something is fundamentally really really wrong and inhuman about all this stuff not inhumane it is inhumane but like also not human like yeah bad, like yeah anti-human. just not how we should like, be yeah it's just corrupting it's you know in religious sense it's sinful it's just ugh. it it's yeah, cr- just just fucking complete cringe yeah <laughs> completely cringe oh uh, there's this other part of the article that they talk about this to talk about complete cringe um this point system uh-oh. That they had uh, uh, basically as a mechanism to deliver increased investment returns to their, you know, stockholders and stuff. 
they devise these pricing methods based on um, assigning points, basically estimating how much it would cost in extra labor down to the minute for residents. Oh my god, this is this is behavioral underwriting, but for retirement. Maybe what is behavioral? I guarantee they they have an algorithm to figure this kind of shit out. This is like, oh, you're a smoker, so you have to pay this much in insurance yeah. or something. I guarantee you, they have they have like an intake form that lets them like calculate this shit. Maybe so. Here we go. We have the story of Charles Baker, an 81 year old retired psychiatrist. He's got Alzheimer's. He moves into the Oakmont of Pacific Beach, a memory care facility in San Diego, in 2020. Initial estimate: He's assigned 135 points. Five for mealtime reminders. Twelve for shaving and grooming reminders. Eighteen Jesus. for help with clothes selection twice a day. Thirty-six oh to manage God. medication. And thirty for the attention, prompting, and redirection he would need because of his dementia. Oh my God. That put him into the second lowest of five service levels with a charge on top of his $7,800 monthly rent. Seventy-eight. Oh my God. Well, San Diego, pretty expensive place. Anyway... On top of that, this second lowest tier would net him $2,300 that he'd have to pay. Jesus Christ. So, $10,000. A month? A month. Okay, our parents can never get old, apparently. (laughs) Not in San Diego, anyway. Not in fucking San Diego. Jesus Christ. It, It is just dark, again, to reduce people to time and effort like that. Yeah. For things that people should just have because they're humans and we should take care of each other. And so his in, in his particular case, his daughter uh, brought a lawsuit saying that they didn't provide all the care. Uh, essentially, they had a lot of doors unlocked or something. They, they didn't have staffing. That was the thing. They didn't have staffing. And so they had doors unlocked on a busy street and they were like, this is a dementia facility. Like people could leave. Yeah. That's not safe. Yeah. And so had to move, you know, him to another residence or whatever. There's other instances of people saying, Oh, we paid this much for like, they had an extra fee for assistance with their urinary catheter. But the staff would sometimes empty it just once a day when it required multiple (gasps) changes. Oh no. Uh, Someone else, the, the skin thing I was mentioning before of like, you know, skin checks and stuff for bed sores and things like that. Like that was not done. And so that's basically the only time that companies are brought to task at all. And they're even in that case, they're settling like, yeah. And that I think again is the, is small potatoes in comparison to what we're talking about as the bigger picture of this is just not be this way. Yeah. Just charging people for aging. Yeah. This is just, this is what capitalism does and it doesn't really have a way around it. It can find other ways to bleed people. Besides this, we can say, Oh, we're going to outlaw this, but they're just going to find another way. It's just in its nature. That is grisly shit. It really is. I don't know. That made me sad. I was just like, oh. yeah, I mean, again, I mean, it, it is such a basic human experience of aging. Like hopefully, all things going well, we fucking end up there. And that is so upsetting that like the people that have made it have to live that way. And it is such a disrespectful situation. It's such a inhumane situation. It's, it's just horrifying. If we have the wherewithal, if we have our mobility and whatnot and our wits 
And, uh, well, you guys, some of y'all are younger or whatever, and some of you aren't. Some of you are older, I think. Um, I think anyway, we have a few older ones. So if we're, if we're all, whichever of y'all end up old like us at the same time, we'll have to get together by that <laughs> point, right? And, yeah. And uh, basically put together an old people's revolutionary brigade. Hell yeah. Old people come here. Right. And what we're going to do is if if we haven't succeeded in liberating ourselves by then, we're just going to. And Dave and Dan, this is not actionable. Okay. I'm talking about when I'm 80. All right. This is long down the road. <laughs> you can't get us on this. All right. But we're going to get ourselves some fucking weapons and some crazy bombs <laughs> and shit. And we're gonna, just going to go to town. And it's, you know, they call it suicide by cop or whatever. But I mean, we're going to fucking have a blast beforehand. All right. Because fuck this. Like, that's a terrible way to go out. Is everybody's looking around like, damn, this guy's too expensive. I don't know. I don't want to do it. It's anxiety I have, I guess, about it. Like, I don't want to be burdensome to people, but I feel like I'm still going to be afraid of death that I don't want to just, like, die. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a horrible position to put somebody in. Real quick on the Paw Patrol note, if you hang out with a young person, they're probably going to use the phrases good guy and bad guy. Start asking questions about the bad guy. That's what I do. (laughs) What's the bad (laughs) guy like? like? why do you think they do crime? <laughs> well, they're mean. Well, do you think maybe they're just lonely? They don't have friends and like they've been pushed out of society in some way and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I ask questions about the bullies of like, oh, what do you think life is like for them at home? Do you think maybe they're having a hard time and they just want attention? Yeah. Ask questions. That's good. I like that. Start them early. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, Louis Jadot has filled me with urine, so I need to leave. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, next week, what are we doing? Uh, next week, we're going to be learning about a general strike. I love those. Uh, they're great. They're good. This one's Canadian. It's the Winnipeg general strike. Okay, this was a listener request, I believe. I'd have to go through the emails to find out who, but whoever you are, thanks. You're coming up, so <laughs> if this one sucks, it's I mean, it's on you, let's be honest. Oh, I was going to say, like, thanks so much. Like, you you know, definitely listen to this one, because it's just for you. Well, you should, because it's not going to suck. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Because <laughs> it's us, so. And it's your Obviously. idea, which it's going to be a good idea. So, there you go. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. That sounds great. In the meantime, I hope if you are celebrating a holiday this week that you enjoy it and plant some seeds of communism along the way. Yeah. And if nothing else, enjoy the company of other people and enjoy life. I don't know. Yeah. I'm feeling hippie Watch a lately. sunset or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, being alive, man, it's cool. And it is. I, I do it think is. we should take more time to appreciate that. Agreed. Agreed. All right. I'm fit to burst. Let's end this thing. (laughs) All right. Uh, See you later, comrades. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. 
and we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.